TII item 464, May 22nd, 2018, iOS 11.4, betas 5 and 6. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullet! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. For a limited time, visit casper.com savings and receive 10% off your order with any mattress purchase. The special offer expires May 29th, 2018. Terms and conditions apply. Today's show is brought to you by Eero. For free overnight shipping to the U.S. and Canada, visit eero.com and at checkout, select overnight shipping, then enter promo code TII to make it free. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and you are listening to the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Henny for sending in the artwork for today's show. Henny wrote the following. Hi, Rob. I fancy your show, and it's the one and only podcast I listen to. Please keep those episodes coming. I currently traveling through the UK and attaches a selfie artwork of me in front of the Apple store in Glasgow, Scotland. I use the over app to insert the text onto the image regards Henny grief from South Africa. Well, thanks Henny. And I hope I didn't mutilate your name too bad there. And thanks for sending this in and folks, you can see Henny's artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 464 or at Instagram.com slash today in iOS and also at Facebook.com slash today in iOS. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. I mentioned the Alexa skill for Today in iOS on the last episode, and thanks for the feedback. I forgot to mention, right now it seems it is just in the U.S., Amazon Skill Store, and maybe Canada as well, but that's it for now. Hopefully it'll be in other countries soon. And again... To get the Today in iOS skill on your Alexa device, simply say, quote, Alexa, enable TII, unquote, or enable it from your uh, the Alexa app. After it's enabled, then you should just be able to say, quote, Alexa, play TII, unquote. On May 14th, Apple released iOS 11.4 Beta 5. So what's new in Beta 5 versus Beta 4? Well, from what I can find, nothing. Just bug fixes and optimizations, and maybe introducing some bugs. Uh, this led many to wonder if Beta 5 was the gold master. Um, no. How do we know it? And no? Well, because Beta 6 was released on the 17th of May, just three days later. That's how. And what is new in Beta 6? Well, the same as Beta 5, with the exception that there's a bug fix that was probably introduced in Beta 5 that they fixed in Beta 6. Um, other than that, um, that's the only real reason we can see for Beta 6 being rushed out just three days after Beta 5. Maybe Beta 6 is the gold master. And as we know, when Apple releases a beta for the iPhone, that means one for the Apple Watch is also typically released. And that was the case on May 14th with Watch OS 4.3.1 Beta 5. Again, nothing new feature-wise, but interesting, no Beta 6 for the Apple Watch. This also points to beta 5 of iOS 11.4, introducing a new bug that needed to be squashed. And finally, tvOS 11.4 beta 5 was also released on May 14th, and like watchOS, no beta 6 for it. Again, reaffirming that beta 6 of iOS 11.4 fixed the bug in beta 5. 
We are likely going to Goldmaster in the next two weeks for all three of these, and maybe even this week, but my guess would be Monday, June 4th, or Tuesday, May 29th. That's That gets Apple past Memorial Day for release, uh, so we'll see. But I would guess Goldmaster on one of those two days. There is one feature in iOS 11.4 we have not mentioned, and that is it breaks the USB to Lightning unlock that law enforcement was using. It does this by turning off the data to the Lightning port if the passcode has not been used to unlock the device in the past week. They are calling this the U- this USB restricted mode. From Apple, quote, to improve security for a locked iOS device to communicate with USB accessories, you must connect an accessory via Lightning connector to the device while unlocked or enter your device passcode while connected at least once a week, unquote. The device called Gray Key that we've mentioned previously used the USB to Lightning port to try to unlock or actually successfully to unlock devices. 11.4 will greatly reduce its effectiveness. Bad actors or law enforcement now would have just a week from the last time a device was unlocked to use the Gray Key device to unlock said device before the Lightning port is shut down to USB devices. Note, This USB restricted mode was actually first introduced in the beta of 11.3, but did not make the cut. And it's possible it does not make the final cut on 11.4 either, but since the last update to beta 6 was less than 7 days ago, no one knows if it made it to beta 6 yet. That said, chances are better for it to make it to Goldmaster this time around. It is being reported that new batteries for the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus are now available. No more long wait. I booked an appointment yesterday or day before for this coming weekend for my son's iPhone 6 Plus to get the battery swapped out. Hopefully it will be a quick process and we'll have it back that day. This is just supposed to cost $29 until the end of 2018. And we will see if that is what we end up just paying. I will let you know how it goes. And if you recently went through the process, what was your experience? Give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Apple released this month the Apple Watch Series 3 in a few new countries. Denmark, India, Sweden, and Taiwan now join Australia, Canada, China, France, Germany, Japan, Puerto Rico, Switzerland, Singapore, Hong Kong, the UK, and the United States as the 16 countries and territories where it is available. Per the new countries in Taiwan, five different carriers are offering LTE support for the Apple Watch. Apt3, Chunghua, Far ES, Tone3, Taiwan Mobile, and Telcom3. In Sweden and Denmark, both need to go for three for the LTE support. And in India, Airtel and Reliance Joe are offering LTE support with no additional monthly cost. It simply comes from your iPhone's pool of data. Jet.com has joined the Apple Authorized Reseller Program. Jet.com is owned by Walmart and in competition with Amazon, Jet will be offering the entire breadth of the Apple products versus just a handful that are found on Amazon. Some sites make this out to be a big deal for all, but for consumers, eh. I mean, you can go to Apple Store and order all those items. I guess where it helps Apple is the impulse buyer who is on Jet.com buying an oversized bag of M&Ms and then they think, wow, you know what would be great? Watching something on Netflix on an Apple TV while I eat these M&Ms. I better buy me an Apple TV to make that happen. So yeah, there's that scenario. Meh. May 17th was Global Accessibility Awareness Day and Apple updated the accessibility pages on its website. They introed new videos and other new info. 
And Apple put out a PR titled, Apple Brings Everyone Can Code to Schools Serving Blind and Deaf Students Nationwide, unquote. And from the PR, quote, Apple is teaming up with leading educators for blind and deaf communities across the U.S. to bring accessible coding to their schools. Beginning this fall, schools supporting students with vision, hearing, and or other assistive needs will start teaching the Everyone Can Code curricula for SWIFT. Apple's powerful and intuitive programming language, Apple created the comprehensive Everyone Can Code curricula so students from kindergarten to college and beyond can learn to write code using SWIFT. With teacher guides and lessons, students learn the basics on iPad with Swift Playgrounds, which lets you use real code to solve puzzles and control characters with just a tap, to app development with Swift to helping aspiring app developers build their first iOS apps. Apple's mission is to make products as accessible as possible, said Tim Cook, Apple CEO. We created Everyone Can Code because we believe all students deserve the opportunity to learn the language of technology. We hope to bring Everyone Can Code to even more schools around the world serving students with disabilities, unquote, unquote. Apple also hosted events and sessions around the world in recognition of Global Accessibility Awareness Day and will do so throughout the month of May. If you went to one of these events or do go to one, please give us a call or send us an email and let us know which Apple store you went to and what happened at the event or session you attended. Was it well attended or and any other information you want to share? Give us a call 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. I tend for the most part not to report on rumors coming from patents because, well, normally by the time the patent is made available, it is already an announced product from Apple or it never will happen. But this time, I'm hoping it does happen. Apple patented a way to do two different video recordings at the same time from an iDevice with two cameras, one giving a wide-angle view and one the zoom view. So pointing the camera, or back-end camera, at what you want to record on your side of the screen, you would see two different views when holding it in portrait uh, vertical orientation, one view about, above the other, and the iPhone would then record both views at the same time. Makes me wonder if they could also at the same time record the front-facing camera and one of the back cameras. Uh, but you know, basically put the iPhone in the middle of a table, point at both people, and you can record an interview. Or maybe doing a walking tour and you show your city that you're covering while still showing your face. Lots of possibilities of recording from two or maybe even three cameras at one time. Granted, this patent is just about recording both cameras on the back side of the device device at the same time, but this would be a nice iOS 12 added feature. Uh, so maybe I'll throw this one on the bingo card. It is being reported that TSMC has begun mass production of their 7 nanometer process for the A12 processors for this year's new iPhones. This report comes from rumor site Bloomberg. Quote, the processor likely to be called the A12 chip will use a 7 nanometer design that can be smaller, faster, and more efficient than the 10 nanometer chips in current Apple devices like the iPhone 8 the iPhone, and iPhone 10. The people said uh, they asked not to be identified, discussing private plans, uh, and Apple and TS TSMC spokeswoman declined to comment, unquote. That said, in April, TSMC did say they started mass producing 7 nanometer processors, but did not at that time say who the processors were being made for, as if. These reports on TSMC mirror reports at the 
time last year when it was reported that they were starting to mass produce the 10 nanometer process for the A11 processor. So it seems like they're on schedule. Remember, this report when in late July or early August, some idiot is going to report that the iPhones will be delayed due to issues with processor production. Every year, there's a report about delayed iPhones for one reason or another, and that tends to cause Apple stock to drop, only to bounce back later on when cooler and wiser heads revealed that report was just BS, just like the year before, and the year before that, and the year before that. Wall Street doesn't seem to remember. I want to thank Casper for their ongoing support of this show and my back. TII listeners are invited to take advantage of Casper's competitive limited-time Memorial Day sale offer. Visit casper.com savings and receive 10% off your order with any mattress purchase. The special offer expires May 29, 2018. Start your summer off right by choosing the Internet's favorite mattress this Memorial Day, Casper. Casper has three mattresses lines now to choose from. The original Casper, which my son sleeps on, the streamlined essential, and the innovative Wave, which me and the wife now have for our bed. The Wave features a patent-pending premium support system to mirror the natural shape of your body. It is an incredible mattress, and my back has felt a lot better since we switched to it earlier this year. In the past, I'd be sitting in bed watching TV and get up, and my back would be hurting. I mean, sometimes to the point where I could barely walk. Not with the Wave mattress. I get the best sleep and non-sleep support with the Wave mattress. My wife actually had to start setting an alarm for her iPhone to wake her up on time because she was sleeping in, which she never did before. And rest assured of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. And returns are hassle-free. You don't like it for any reason, you get your money back, and they come and pick it up and donate it to charity. Test it out for yourself. And for a limited time, visit casper.com savings and receive 10% off your order with any mattress purchase. This special offer expires May 29th, 2018. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Rob. This is Scott from Washington, D.C., Capitol Hill. I have uh, three Apple TVs in my house, and when I go to cast or do airplay, it says Apple TV 1, Apple TV 2, Apple TV 3. And I can't remember, you know, which is 1 and which is 2 and which is 3. And I have to always go through all three to figure out which room I'm, I'm in. Is there a way to edit the name of the Apple TV or do, and if there is a way, can I edit all three Apple TVs in one place or do I have to go to each unit and rename it? Let's just say Apple TV 1, Apple TV 2, and if I do have to rename them, what would be the best way you'll suggest to go in and, and name each Apple TV so that I know one to be master bedroom, one to be family room, one to be entertainment room, that kind of thing? What's the best way you suggest for me to do it? I know you probably know because you probably have three or four in your house. Thanks, Rob. Anything you can do can help. Love the show. Bye. Rob. Scott again from Capitol Hill. I don't know if it matters, but I have the newest version, uh, Apple TV 4K or whatever it is, and I have the Apple TV 3, the one that came out before the newest version, 2018, and I have the Apple TV, I guess, 2 or something like that. I don't know if it matters what Apple TV. All right. Thanks. Bye. Scott, as always, thank you for the voicemail message. 
And there's an easy one on this. So the fourth and fifth generation Apple TVs, you go into the apps and you go to settings app, general, about, name, and then you have seven different pre-selected names to choose and then also custom name. And so you'll have plenty of names there to choose from. I don't know for sure if that feature works on the third and second generation ones, but for the fourth and fifth gen, um, if there's an app store, again, go to the settings app, then general, then about, then name, and then once you go there, you'll have seven preset names to choose from, or you can select a custom name. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob, just writing to tell you that your podcast saved my watch. Well, sort of. The glass on my Apple Watch completely separated. It only hung on its wires. I looked at my receipt and saw it was over two years old, so outside of warranty. Then I learned from your podcast that Apple had some kind of extended warranty for this particular case, so I thought, why not give it a shot? I called Apple. They asked me tons of questions about using hand cream or such products, and in the end told me to go to my local premium reseller called AMAC and hand it in there to check if the battery was swollen and to get fixed uh, by Apple. I never knew Apple worked with other shops like this. Anyway, long story short, they replaced my watch with a new refurbished watch for free. So to all your listeners in the Netherlands, if your watch is under three years old and has the glass separated, give Apple a call. Thanks, Rob, and have a nice day. Regards, Harold. Well, thanks, Harold, for that feedback. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I found out I was having a Bluetooth audio drops out when playing on my car radio-ish and issues connecting to my Escort Max 2 radar detector with from my iPhone 10. Well, I found out it was my two iPhones, the 6S and the 10, competing for connection to both devices. Okay, had my 6S in the car for playing Pokemon Go. Don't judge. Everyone that upgraded their iPhone or other somewhat smartphones to a new device might want to remove the Bluetooth devices from their device um, that was replaced. So, uh, in other words, if you have an older device and you get the new one, go into the older device and unpair your Bluetooth devices. Regards, Thomas, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Well, thank you, Thomas, for that advice. Hey, Rob. This is Justin from Pennsylvania. I was calling. I was kind of having like a, I guess, a revived wish for the next uh, iOS. I feel like since they did all the effort for the iPhone 10 to come up with a really great um, gesture-based UI, I think now more than ever, it would make sense to finally put on the native iOS keyboard swipe, a swipe keyboard. It would just make sense now that they've already gotten used to swiping around to get through apps. Why not swipe to type? I just think it's still a nice feature that Android has that is only available on third-party keyboards, which I'd really like for it to be on a more secure Apple keyboard instead of having to use Gboard or something like that. So... That's something I think, um, I'm not expecting it, but I think it would be a really great little tweak they could put on that isn't like a major change since the rumors are saying this isn't going to be a big update. So just uh, wonder what you guys would think and uh, getting excited coming up to WWDC, see what new stuff's coming around. So love the show, Rob. Thanks. Have a great day. Bye. Justin, thanks for the feedback. I think this is a wish list item from last year with iOS 11. Unfortunately, I tend to agree with you that it's most likely not going to happen, but it really would be nice if Apple made the swipe gestures uh, for the keyboard basically built in and an option you can turn on. Again, don't think it's going to happen, but it really would be nice for them to add that here to iOS 12. Another market survey report, another confirmation the iPhone 10 was the best-selling smartphone globally for March. 
followed in second place by the iPhone 8 Plus, and in third place was a Xiaomi Redmi 5A. To put some numbers to this, CounterPoint put the iPhone 10 at 3.5% of the global market share for March, the iPhone 8 Plus at 2.3%, and the Xiaomi Redmi 5A at 1.8%. The Opto A83 was in fourth, at also at 1.8%, and the Galaxy S9 was in fifth with 1.6%, tied with the iPhone 7 and Galaxy S9 Plus, also at 1.6%. The iPhone 8 was 8th place with 1.4%, and the iPhone 6 was 10th place with 1.2%. For those of you counting at home, yep. Apple had five of the top 10 smartphones for March. This again, according to CounterPoint, and as with any of these, a big grain of salt should you take as Apple does not actually break out numbers. Speaking about fun with numbers that Apple does not actually break out, Strategy Analytics reported predicted guessed that Apple shipped 600,000 HomePods in the first quarter of 2018. That was not number one. It was a small part of the 9.2 million units shipped in Q1 for all smart speakers, 6.5% to be precise for the Apple HomePod. Amazon devices and Google devices combined counted for 70% of the global smart speaker sales for Q1. Granted, Apple's share of revenue would be much higher. Uh, The Echo Dots sell for $49 and the full Echoes around $100. The HomePod costs a wee bit more at $349. The estimated Echo sales at 4 million units, let's say they had an ASP at $75, uh, that's 300 million in revenue. Apple's revenue of 600k units at 349 a unit is 209 million in revenue. And in that regards, Apple was much closer to Apple, Amazon was in total revenue, but in unit sales, not even close. And speaking of HomePod, Apple Insider had a post with a wish list of features and fixes Apple could give the HomePod during WWDC 2018. First off is more streaming options i.e. being able to ask Siri to play Spotify. I mean, sure, you can use AirPlay, but you have to do that from your iOS device. It would be nice for the HomePod to be able to do that for you directly. Considering that competes directly with Apple Music, uh, don't see that happening. Improved to smarter Siri, as they point out right now with HomePod, uh, Siri can't set multiple timers for you. It can't make a phone call. It can't even look up a recipe. Hey, but it can tell a joke. They also talk about audio adjustments, allowing you to have better control of the presets for different types of mediums. Even being able to ask Siri to adjust the EQ for you when listening to something uh, to tweak it to your taste. They mentioned multi-user support and device integration as other items on their wish list. What would you like to see added to the HomePod OS in this upcoming release or announcement at WWDC? Let us know. Give us a call. Shoot us an email. There was a report that was released about the top CEOs per driving corporate growth. And Tim Cook came in first place, and it was not even close. This based on average monthly growth in revenue during their tenure. In Tim's 77 months as CEO of Apple, he has averaged $1.57 billion in revenue growth per month. Second place was Larry Merlot of CVS Health at around $860 million in average monthly growth over his 82 months as CEO, basically around half of where Tim Cook is. Jeff Bezos was in fifth place at $483 million per month, but he has been CEO for 281 months, so still pretty good. I did love this quote from the report. Quote, While much of Tim Cook's success stems from constant innovation, breakthrough technology, and attention to branding and customer needs, we also know that 
Cook's number one spot can be attributed to the ubiquity of Apple products and services, as well as owning the lion's share of the market when he stepped in, unquote. At first, when I was reading that, I thought, wow, look, someone saying Apple is constantly innovating about one of the only gripes you might hear about Apple these days is that they don't innovate enough. And I was like, yeah, okay, they get it. Apple's innovating. Just most people don't see it because a lot of that innovation is under the hood or in supply chain. But then they ruined it all by saying Apple owned the lion's share of the market. Really? What market was that? iPods? Okay, yes, but not mobile phones. Tim Cook took over in 2011 as CEO. Fourth quarter 2011 mobile phone sales worldwide. Nokia, first place at 23.4%. Samsung, second place at 19.4%. And Apple in third at 7.4%. 7.4% sounds more like the kitten share than the lion's share. Just saying. As you know, if you listen to the show, I am a big Tim Cook fan. I don't think there could have been a better pick for CEO than Tim Cook at the time of Steve's passing and leading up to it, and more importantly, since that time, Apple's unique challenge is to ship tens of millions of units a month at launch of a new key product. No one else does that for anything close to this level of complexity. Don't get me wrong now. I'm not saying it's not difficult for some users to get product on launch day, week, or sometimes even launch month of a new product. But it is possible, not impossible. And tens of millions get those products early early on. When Apple launches a new iPhone, there'll be tens of millions of those devices that go out in the first couple months. And I am in no way saying that Apple is better off with Tim Cook over Steve Jobs. Obviously, Apple with both is a stronger company. But given the situation, I do feel Apple could not have picked anyone else that would have done a better job than what Tim Cook has done, given his experience in the supply chain. Speaking of Tim Cook, he will appear next month on Bloomberg's David Rubenstein show, but the interview was already recorded and Bloomberg gave a little preview of what to expect. Tim talked about the new Chinese tariffs and update on Apple Music, Apple's move into original content, and then some financial stuff. With this release, quote from Tim, quote, we are also going to buy some of our stock because we view our stock as a good value. It's good for the economy as well because if people sell stock, they pay taxes on their gains, unquote. And that full interview will air sometime in June. Lots and lots of varied rumors about the next-gen iPhone SE, which is well overdue for an upgrade. Some of those rumors have the unit remaining the same length and width and depth, but the screen going to the iPhone X design, losing the home button and going edge to edge to edge to edge with the ears at the top, of course, or as everyone else calls them, a notch. Other rumors have it remaining pretty much identical to the current design from the exterior look, but internally getting well overdue upgrades. Then the rumors are split, where some say the iPhone X type design will not launch until the fall, and others saying it will be at WWDC. These rumors of an iPhone SE that looks like an iPhone X come from Mac Takatera or or anyway, site out of Japan, um, which I can never pronounce, which has had, well, pretty hit or miss luck with rumors in the past. Uh, This time, they blame or attribute the rumors to case manufacturers in China. Yeah, those are always good. Uh, 
more of the rumors on the radical new design side towards a uh, September launch and more of the rumors about the same current design side towards a WWDC launch. Although many of them a month ago were saying that it would be a late April, early May launch. So take that for what it's worth. One thing that is not a rumor is the iPhone SE has been in its current state of design since March of 2016. So yes, well beyond time for an upgrade or update. I fall in the update at WWDC camp with the unit looking on the outside like the current iPhone SE. So the iPhone SE 2 or just the iPhone SE 2018 would be the likely name. Remember, there were some supposed leaked EU uh, filings recently that really pointed to a more immediate release coming and not something that would get lost in the crowd in the iPhone 10 Plus unveiling in September. From todayinios.com slash community comes this post from Myron Euchre, quote, I'm not sure what to think about the iPhone SE rumors that show the ed an edge, edge display that sounds like a keynote item as a, a complete redesign. It also sounds unrealistic because it would be Apple retrofitting a lower end model with cutting edge design, which isn't something that they've done before unless you count the iPhone 5C except that was a cost-cutting or savings effort using plastic instead of metal and glass, unquote. And then Mike M. replied, quote, I have bought two SEs for family members, and their main reason for wanting it is for the size and fairly up-to-date components. It fits in their small hands. If the overall size stays smallish, it will still have a following for people who prefer small phones, I would guess, unquote. And Mike, good point. My wife likes her SE because of the size. It, it, and she really is hesitant to go to my iPhone 10 if I upgrade this fall because it is bigger than her SE. If Apple can increase screen size but keep the length and width and depth roughly or exactly the same, then yes, that would definitely be appealing to some. Again, I'm still on the side of it being just an internal update, not a complete redesign but I see the merits of the edge-to-edge-to-edge-to-edge -to -edge -to -edge in the smaller package might even say um, it is needed more in the SE package. And I would not be upset if that was the case for the 2018 iPhone SE. But still, I think minor updates for the SE 2 as this year's WWDC for the announcement is more likely. And then maybe next year, after Apple switches all the other iPhones over to edge-to-edge, Apple would then do that for the iPhone SE 3 and go edge to edge next year. Counterpoint did another report on Q1 smartphone sales in the US and they found year over year, the entire smartphone market dropped 11%. But Apple, as you know, had a 16% year over year increase for unit sales in the US. They also released a top 10 selling handsets by model versions. Apple's iPhone 8 64 gig was the top selling unit for Q1. But how is that possible? Apple said the iPhone 10 was the top uh, seller every week in Q1. Well, that's because in second and third place were the iPhone 10 64 gig and iPhone 10 256 gig units. And combined, they were more than the first place iPhone 8 64 gig and the fifth place iPhone 8 256 gig versions. Fourth place was also an iPhone, the iPhone 8 plus 64 gig. And seventh place was the 32 gig iPhone 7. Yes, Apple had six of the top seven slots. 
places 6, 8, and 9 went to Sammy with the S8 64 gig, S8 Plus 64 gig, and Note 8 64 gig versions, respectively. And rounding out the top 10 was the Moto E4, a unit that cost just over $100 coming in at $120. But the top 9 spots were all for far more expensive phones. It's funny, but it seems when it comes to the top selling smartphones, it is not about price. It is definitely not where you win on price at all, but features. So maybe given this, we can see why the iPhone SE 2 getting a big redesign might not make a lot of sense, at least with regards to the U.S. market. Obviously, things are different in other markets. And given that the iPhone SE 2 is rumored to be manufactured, at least in part in India, where prices uh, are really a big concern, keeping the design similar and as low as cost as possible seems to make the most sense overall for Apple to grow that product line. Apple's supply chain, once a treasure trove of rumors, now delegated to the cesspool of Apple rumors, is reporting that Apple is planning a $199 HomePod under its Beats brand. Apple is supposedly looking at the lower cost unit as a way to get more market share because that is so how Apple operates, or not. For as long as the HomePod is uh, $349 and the Echo Dot is $49 or sometimes $39, there will be rumors of Apple making a lower cost HomePod soon or thinking of making it or is developing it or whatever. It's just something that is easy to make up and hard to disprove. Expect rumors like this to pop up every few months. One rumor that just came out is about one of the new iPhones to be launched in the fall. As previously rumored, there looks to be three new iPhones again this year, all edge-to-edge, essentially an iPhone XS. Oh, I hope, I pray that Apple does not call it that. Tennis, anyone? And the XS Plus. Both would be OLED, and then one right in between them, in size-wise, that would be an LCD version, likely uh, called the iPhone 9, per the naming. It is the iPhone 9 that the rumor is about, saying Apple will introduce it in three new color options, blue, yellow, and pink, to, I guess, make it look even cheaper than the other iPhones? Think iPhone 5C and how Apple will present it. I guess going low rent on the coloring is one way to achieve clear product differentiation. I will put this one in whatever happened to that rumor bin, to be forgotten about until early September when I'm desperate to find one more thing to put in the rumor bingo card. And another rumor around the LCD iPhone 9 this year is that it would have an in-screen fingerprint scanner rather than using Face ID. I have to imagine this is an out there type rumor or really more like speculation as the number of units increased that they're going to be shipping with Face ID, the overall pricing will come down for those components, likely to the point where cost savings going to an in-screen fingerprint scanning device uh, option would be almost like no savings versus Face ID. might actually even cost more if most of the units are selling with Face ID. Today's sponsor is a product I absolutely love and allows me to get the fastest Wi-Fi at my house with the best coverage everywhere. Eero, E-E-R-O, makes a Wi-Fi mesh network for your home. 
And we made our mesh network even meshier this past weekend when we added a third beacon to our mesh network. Now we have a base unit in uh, the house that's in the south side of the house on the middle level in my office. One beacon in the kitchen on the north side of the house, middle level. One beacon in our bedroom, top level north side. And one beacon on the lower level southeast corner uh, in the basement. The house is fully meshed. Adding the third beacon took less than five minutes to set up. Very, very easy. Our sends have lots of their friends coming over for Fortnite squad games where four of them are connecting on devices and going off and getting, well, trounced in Fortnite from what I can tell. But at least they have great connection during their trouncing. The Wi-Fi speed in our house is amazing, thanks Eero. This is the second generation Eero unit which added a third 5 gigahertz radio and it is a mesh network just like in office buildings but now for your home. You only need to hardwire connect the base station unit. The beacons you just plug into a wall outlet, and they even have a nightlight. If you go to eero.com and enter promo code TII, you will get free overnight shipping to the U.S. and Canada. Again, go to eero.com and at checkout, select overnight shipping, then enter promo code TII to make it free. If you have an iPhone 10, 8, 8 Plus, or 4K Apple TV, and you want to unlock the full Wi-Fi speed of your devices, get yourself an Eero mesh network in your house. The base station unit sits flat and you power it with their USB-C connector. It is a very nice looking Apple-esque white design. It also has a new thread radio for lower powered devices like my Ring doorbell or other Wi-Fi enabled IoT devices. This is the best, best, best Wi-Fi I have ever tested, heard of, looked at, played with, hands down. Thanks, Eero, for unleashing all of my Apple products. Hey, Rob, this is Cindy Kenwood, originally from East Isop, Long Island. Just wanted to say, hey, I live in Georgia now. My question for you is, you keep advertising for the Eero meshing for Wi-Fi. I'm very interested, but right now I have the time capsule and three airport extremes, the little ones for the extenders. Do you really recommend just replacing that or wait till it's broken? Because honestly, it's working good. I really don't have too many complaints. I just want your advice, please. Thank you so much. Bye. Cindy, thanks for the voicemail. It really comes down to what is your speed when you connect on your Wi-Fi throughout your house and how does that speed vary in different parts of your house and how does that speed compare in your house to when you hardwire to a laptop. So if you hardwire to your laptop coming right out of your router, how close is the Wi-Fi speed to what you're getting out of your router? In my past, I had what I thought was good Wi-Fi, but the speed was really poor. And I, and I found that out when I got Google Fiber that my speed on my network was, was way below what I was paying for. I mean, my upload speed was like 20-something meg. And my download speed, the best I was getting was typically was 70, 80, and sometimes just touch 90. When I switched to the Eero, my up and down speeds went uh, typically a well above 400 meg, and I've had f over 500 meg Wi-Fi speeds. So way faster. And now with the mesh network, my coverage throughout my house is, is really good. No matter where I am, places before I, I get no coverage, I'm getting great coverage now. So if it's really fine and you have no problems and everything's working well for you, then there's no reason to change. But if it's not, if you are having issues, if you're having dropouts, if your speed 
on your Wi-Fi is way below or much below the speed that you're getting hardwired from your modem, then definitely take a look at upgrading, especially if you're getting a lot of the new uh, Apple devices where they can really benefit from the higher speed Wi-Fi. And we have a rumor around Apple Pay, and this one is from the rumor site known as the Wall Street Journal. They are speculating, guessing, rumoring that Apple will partner with Goldman Sachs to intro an Apple Pay credit card in early 2019. From the Wall Street Journal, quote, the partnership will extend into other services, including Goldman's offering in-store loans to Apple customers buying iPhones and other gadgets, an effort the Wall Street Journal reported on in February. Apple and Goldman are still hashing out the, detail, the terms and benefits of the planned card, including the perks for customers that these, these people said, unquote. Now, this is not to be confused with Apple's rewards credit card that Apple does through Barclays. This new one would actually replace that one and offer a better financing deal, and it would be more of a traditional credit card with Apple Pay branding. The real question is what type of perks, benefits this card will offer the users. Right now, I'm pretty happy with my Southwest cards, one for business, one for personal, that allow me to earn a companion pass for my wife every year and lots of miles for tickets for my boys. One part of the speculation is this might actually be far enough along that Apple mentions it at WWDC if the perks or something about that, I guess, relates back to devs. Note, to be said in an inquisitive, if not confused, tone. Hey, and speaking of confused but inquisitive items, and WWDC, Apple has sent out their media invites for WWDC, and yup, no invite here. So, as promised, I am boycotting WWDC this year. There will not be an episode released that week, well, not about WWDC. I might take one of the recordings I did at Microsoft event and uh, release it, you know, where I and other podcasters were actually invited to cover the event. Yeah, a Microsoft. Um, and schedule it for release right during the middle of WWDC event. That would be, well, I don't know. I guess that would make me look like a bitter and petty podcaster that felt snubbed yet again by Apple PR, wouldn't it? Sadly, Apple PR does not care about podcasters or podcasting. Boo, Apple PR. In either case... I will not cover WWDC until the following week, but please send in your thoughts about all that is announced and uh, go to todayinios.com slash community to share them as well, especially while the event's going on. Google seems to have removed Don't Be Evil from their corporate code of conduct, which has been there since 2000. Google saying Don't Be Evil is like Sonic saying Don't Serve Unhealthy Food or Facebook saying Respect Our Users' Privacy or the Cleveland Browns saying Draft Responsibly. I think, though, that the real reason that Google removed the slogan from their code of contact has to do with spit takes. Seems every time someone at Google said the phrase, if anyone in the room was drinking, well, you get the picture. Hey, Rob, this is Carl Brooks from Detroit, Michigan, well, a few things I want to address. First thing regarding Apple's throttling of the battery issue, I think the press has definitely misrepresented the issue. Uh, Apple was able to take advantage of uh, them not discovering this issue until, you know, at the time that they did, 
they can say that this was with older batteries. Problem is, the iPhone 6 and 6S has had battery issues within the first year of their production. So uh, Apple was quite aware they had bad batteries in these units, and instead of honoring those and fixing those for free within that first year, even within the first two years, they ignored it and forced a lot of us to go and get third-party batteries uh, at the time. And now, years later, they can say, oh, those are those issues were with older devices, and uh, we had to do the, the throttling of it. They were just simply trying to hide the fact that they put poorly made batteries in a lot of those devices made at that time. And that was just a horrible decision by Apple. And it's really, you know, since Tim Cook's, uh, not Tim Cook, but Steve Jobs has been uh, gone, since Apple just continues to make some horrible decisions. And, and I'm just not happy with a lot of things they do today. But the other thing is uh, I had a, a strange issue. Now, now, I had my uh, iPhone 6 uh, stuck at 9.3.3 because it was jailbroken and enjoyed a lot of features that still do not exist today on 11.3. But Apple did a <laughs> huge disservice to me uh, last weekend. What happened is my phone was working fine. It rebooted, and when it rebooted, it came up with a message that said, uh, cannot contact the activation service. Mind you, my phone's been activated for several years and had no need to access the activation service. But it refused to let me have access to my phone until I upgraded from 9.3.3 to 11.3, which had some huge uh, impacts to my phone. One, I had applications that had, like, all my passwords and uh, things saved into it which the developer has not updated to the current version. So all that data is just gone because Apple forced me to hijack my phone and forced me to update to 11.3. I, I spent hours on the phone with uh, Apple support. They could not get this phone to come on and bypass that activation service, which, again, there was no need for the activation service to be needed on a phone that was already activated. So they essentially hijacked my device and forced the upgrade. Regarding your, your request for what features I would like to see in, in 12.0 iOS, clearly the things that I still enjoyed my jailbroken phone for was uh, the, the ability to move multiple icons around versus having to press and hold and try and drag between screens. Jailbroke app that was out for, I mean, almost since the time of the iPhone being here, uh, was the ability to just tap on the icons that you want to move and go to where you want, and then hit the home button, and it drops all those icons there, whether it's in a folder or coming from a folder. Uh, it didn't matter. It's called multi-icon mover, I believe it was called. Another thing was the screen to be able to have customization of the home screen. I, I enjoyed having larger, much larger icons on my uh, home screen, being forced back to this little, these little tiny icons. Even with the zoomed version, these things are tiny compared to what I had on my uh, jailbroken phone. And one of my favorite things that I now miss because I've been forced to go to 11.3 is the ability to lock access to any app that I want. I require my uh, thumb and or password to, to get into that application was an awesome option that I had on the jailbroken device. For people who have to share their devices with kids, to give, them, give it to them to 
play a game or several games. You don't have to worry about them deleting text messages or deleting emails or sending emails by mistake. It was a fabulous uh, option. And there were several other uh, applications I use daily. But definitely those things should be here in version 12, without a doubt. Rob, I appreciate all the work you put into the show. And uh, I appreciate you, man. Have a great day. Carl, thanks for the great feedback and the ideas there for iOS 12 and why you're jailbreaking. To the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. Thank you for the good show. You asked, why do people still want to jailbreak? I recently got a new car that has Apple CarPlay, traded in my 14-year-old, uh, and still has a cassette and no Bluetooth vehicle. I couldn't wait to use this feature. However, Apple only allows a select few apps to actually work with CarPlay. No Google Maps, no Alarm.com app, which means I still have to pull out my phone to use the apps I rely on and use daily. I have an iPhone 6S and was holding out for updating in hopes of jailbreaking to get NGX Play. Um, that jailbreak app lets you run any application on CarPlay Monitor. I finally caved and updated to 11.3.1, but I really am hoping to jailbreak again. Regards, Janet, Austin, Texas. Well, Janet, thank you. That's a very good reason to jailbreak. Um, hi, Rob. Have you or any of your listeners come across an issue with Swift Playgrounds where it no longer displays views anymore in custom files? I use Swift Playgrounds on my iPad for developing on the go. And since the update to version 2.1 this week, I've been at a standstill. I've uh, looked all over the internet and haven't seen anyone mention um, or any mention uh, of anyone else having this issue. For those interested, when it's working correctly, I have discovered a great workflow allowing you to get the most of your iOS development done on the iPad. For me, about 90%. That's a great course. Uh, there's, there's a great course on lynda.com called Learning Swift Playgrounds Application Development by Steve Lipton. I use iCloud Drive to store files and sync between Mac for copying to Xcode and other iPad apps. Working Copy is a, a great and free app for using Git Source Control and Textastic, which is $9.99. It is a nice text editor that recognizes Swift for formatting and provides features Playgrounds doesn't, such as Find and Replace. Thanks for the show, Rob. Regards, Lou Valencia. Well, Lou, thank you for that feedback. And if anyone else is having that issue that Lou's having with Swift Playgrounds, no longer displaying views, let us know. Give us a call or shoot us an email. Hi, this is Katrina, and I am calling because I see uh, my iPhone 8, and there um, I'm a voiceover user, and I've noticed a little bug. I think it's a bug because I didn't notice this. I think it was until one of the software updates came out. So when you go to iCloud and you see what you want to, you see what you're backing up, you can choose everything that you're backing up. Well, I have all my apps on my phone, but then there's two. It says loading dimmed on. It doesn't say what they are with voiceover. And I did call Apple and uh, it was, it, one of them was iBooks. This was, the one of them was iBooks, and I don't remember what the other one was. They, they were, you know, 
uh, pre-installed apps, you know, apps that came with the phone, obviously. And they said that they would fix it, but it still hasn't been fixed. And they did say that this issue was all across the board, meaning um, it was all, you know, it was just everywhere with VoiceOver. VoiceOver was doing that. Um, it sold the rest of my apps fine, but the one, the two apps that it wouldn't say is iBooks, and I don't remember what the other one was, but like I said, it's in the iPhone already when you get it. And, um, but those apps, uh, while I was on the screen share, they said, you know, they wanted me to go into those apps and see if they worked. And they worked. It was a podcast app. That's right. It was a podcast app. iBooks and podcasts. And they, they work perfectly fine. But for some reason, when it says the iCloud, uh, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. It doesn't say that. It says dimmed. Um, so if anybody else is having this issue with voiceover. Go ahead and, like, go ahead and let me know, please. All the other apps are showing up fine in the iCloud backup part. It's just, that's what they are. It's podcasts and iBooks. But I can see the podcasts app on the screen on page three. And, you know, and I could see iBooks as well. I hardly ever use it, so I don't remember if it's on the main uh, my main screen or not, the, the home screen, I don't even remember, because I don't even use it. But I can go into those apps just fine, so it's just an iCloud issue, I guess. And, you know, I reset my phone and everything, the whole reset, you know, like literally erase the whole phone, start from scratch type thing. It's still doing it, so if anybody else having issues with this, um, if you're a voiceover user, please let me know. Katrina from Illinois. Yeah, this is wrong. All right. Thanks. Katrina, thanks for the voicemail message. And folks, if you can help Katrina out, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Laurel or Yanni? I'm a Laurel, but I know I'll never convince half of you. Laurel or Yanni? Laurel or Yanni? That's odd. I keep hearing Hardy and Zamfir. Laurel or Yanni? I'm Team Laurel. Always have been, ever since Tuesday afternoon. Laurel or Yanni? Laurel. And the dress was blue. Laurel or Yanni? Yanni or Laurel? As Lucille Bluth might say, I don't understand the question, and I won't respond to it. Laurel or Yanni? Speech recognition dilemma, eh? Welcome to my world. Today's show was again brought to you by Eero, which is by far the fastest and best Wi-Fi I have ever tested. If you go to eero.com and enter promo code TII, you will get free overnight shipping to the U.S. and Canada. Again, go to eero.com and at checkout, select overnight shipping, then enter promo code TII to make it free. And make sure your home network is allowing you to get the most out of all your Wi-Fi-enabled devices. Before we go today, I also want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or record your feedback and email it to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode. It can be a question or rant you have about something else, an app, a product review, good or bad. As long as it is iOS-related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking for new artwork to feature on the show that you've created on iOS device. 
Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we're always looking for more music created on an iOS device to play on this show. It's your show and your feedback is greatly desired. Also, don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. And a quick reminder, if you are an app dev or are iBook author and you would like to get your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free, we just need five promo codes or more to give away, simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com. And please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Thanks again to Casper for their support of TII. For a limited time, visit casper.com savings and receive 10% off your order with any mattress purchase. The special offer expires May 29th, 2018. Terms and conditions apply. Finally, check out the TII app which is free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It is the best way to get and consume this show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released. It is fully voiceover friendly, of course. Please go right now and download the TII app or get the update. Until next time, I'm your host, Rob, reminding you to phone This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I. 